0: or visit
1: our page at myfaithway.org. Now let's experience
2: life in a new way. The Faithway.
1: You guys ready to hear the gospel? Amen. We've been hearing about the gospel of COVID for a little too long. It's time to hear some good news. Amen. Amen. You got your Bibles ready? Ready? We're going to be going through their Bibles and we're going to uh, look at some scriptures. And man, God is so good. It doesn't matter what we do. You know, he, he's still good. <clears throat> it's not based on what we have done or what we think. It's totally based on what he thinks and what he has done. He is faithful and will always Always be faithful and faithful and faithful and faithful. You know, go ahead, Kat. We don't have the
2: talking stick, so. Right here? Oh, there's a talking stick. Can you guys hear me? Can you guys hear me? Oh. Got it. Got it. Check. check, check, check. There we go. Talking stick works. <laughs> a Navajo Nation, Indian country called no. us a talking stick. Okay. Gotcha. So we got some albums here to share with you guys. You guys all know about the Awake, Rise, Shine album. This was my uh, first CD in about six years that I did. The very first album was the Glorify album. Many of you guys probably remember this. I only have a few of these left. Once these are gone, these will not be printed again. These are limited edition. These, are now, these have now become collector's items. Um, and so these are also available, but only a limit. I think I only have three of these. So those are limited. Now, um, one of the projects that Pastor Ellison did is his very own album. He does not sing, though. So sorry to disappoint you guys. But (laughs) this is his very first narrative album with background music. Uh, I also do some singing in the background. So this does have music but not pastor singing, but it does have his narration. He talks about our Navajo life values as well as the Proverbs in Navajo and English. Uh, we have my grandmother's voice on here as well. And there is also a special dedication song that is to my father for his Lakota name, meaning good voice thunder that is on here as well. Um, And then, of course, the songs that I just sang are from my newest, latest album, Navajo Gospel Hymns. This is going across Navajo Nation like wildfire right now. Um, this has a very special cover. It has a picture of my grandfather, Pastor Ellison's father, Eugene Bennett Jr., on here, and has some, our old, old vintage photos that we have in, in, in like, in storage, back in like old storage. And so this is a very special project of, you know, really my first gospel hymnal in Navajo and English. Primarily in Navajo, but it's still a joy to listen to. It sounds a lot better on the album, I think, <laughs> with the band and everything. But these, this is 10. These two albums are 10. This is 15. And, of course, this one is 20. And, of course... For every all the ladies and even guys there's I think there's one necklace that could be for a guy this could also be for a guy too have jewelry for you guys made this on the road so it was kind of bumpy but made them nonetheless so god bless you guys and talking stick is yours pastor
1: Wait, uh, well I'm gonna need you to read something from me really quick
2: okay yes sir
1: all right well you can be seated
2: okay <laughs> let take me that okay with you
1: okay You know, have you noticed in the Great Commission, what we call the Great Commission, when Jesus commissioned his disciples? Remember, the disciples were not born again yet. They were not like us, okay, as Christian people. These disciples, they believed Jesus. They believed the word of Jesus. There's something about them that they believe. They believe and took possession of something. So I want you to understand, as believers, we have to either be a possessor, where you got it, or just a confessor, okay? And so when you just confess, well, I just confess to be a Christian, that means you're just kind of like, well, I'm not really, I don't believe the way really they believe. You know, I'm just going to go to heaven, that's all I believe, I'm going to my family saved, that's all I believe. But when you possess the word of God and when you take a hold of it and say, I believe in the name of Jesus. See that there's power in that. I believe that Jesus came in the flesh and he died for me and he rose again and he has given me life. Possess that. OK, and how do you possess something by saying it over and over? You know, this is a faith way lit way, faith way. Way of life. Am I right? So a possessor or just a confessor? They had a lot of those in the time of Jesus. Because there was people that believed Jesus, that went to Jesus' teachings and conferences and all of that, but they never really possessed what he was saying. They only confessed it. They took the truth and the wisdom of Jesus and started their own doctrine. And so that's the part I want you to understand is, as believers, we possess the Word of God. We believe every part of it. Now, have you noticed in the Great Commission, when he commissioned the disciples, notice the things that he said to them. He said, go and heal all the sick. Well, go and heal all the sick. Go and heal. Man, and and then there's another part of the Bible. He says, go and heal all types of sickness and disease. Hmm. I thought of that. and I'm like, how do you do that? Because in the Christian church, we're not even seeing that. So we're not seeing what the disciples did. The disciples went and they healed, and then they cast out devils, the Bible says. I'm like, wow. What what do we, where are we missing? What are we doing that we're not seeing that in our life today? And so I just want you to, to, Examine your own life and say, am I a possessor of this or am I just say that I am a Christian and say I go to church and say that I I pay my tithe and I pray once in a while and I don't really live by the word of God. I mean, I, you know, I have pastor there to pray for me. Our dependence should not be on a pastor or any church leader. Our dependence is totally on that word of God. Our dependence is Jesus. Because there's going to be something I will do, pastor will do, any leader will do, that you're not going to like. And it's going to bring offense to you. But but being a possessor is so important because we want to possess the name of Jesus. Everything that Jesus has died for, we want to take it into our life. Amen? We want to walk in it. We don't want to just talk about it. We want to walk in it. Because once you do that, it's going to give you so much peace. Amen? And then he said, another thing he said is, I give you, to the disciples, I give you all. Say all. All. Power and authority. Think about it. That's all. What does it mean in Texas? All. Oh. Hey, you all. Hey, y'all. <laughs> y'all. All y'all. <laughs> that means nobody's left out. So... If Jesus, listen to this, gave the disciples, and how much more as Christians, if Jesus gave the disciples all power and authority, that means somebody is is powerless. Think about that. You know who that someone is? The devil. Let me say it again. I don't think you guys got it. You've been given all power and authority. And the one that he took it from is now powerless. That's why he's after you is because you possess and you should possess that power. He wants that power so bad. And he's going to do everything he can do to mess with your mind. To bring fear to you. To bring whatever. I mean, I mean, of all the times in history of man, isn't it amazing how much fear is being preached? Yep. And the more you listen to that, the more what's going to happen is to where you're going to start believing it. But praise God, your belief can be changed. Because we've seen a lot of that in the Word of God to where beliefs have been changed to where God begins to... Uh, Callie, before you leave, can you read something for me? Yeah, I'm here. All right. Matthew. Excuse me, not Matthew. Mark. Let's go to Mark. King James Version? Or which yeah, King James version? is good. Mark chapters. Mark chapter 9. Read 14 through 27. Okay. But I, I want us to really get to a place, you know, in... Um, our walk with the Lord to where we have this knowing and have it and have it every day in our life that Jesus is my Lord. (coughs) Jesus is the Lord of my house. Jesus is the Lord of my community. Jesus is the Lord over my county. Jesus is the Lord over the state. And you begin to just pray over the nation. Pray over your your place and your territory. Go ahead.
2: Mark chapter 9, verse 14. And when he came to his disciples and he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them, and straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him, saluted him. Verse 16. And he asked the scribes, What question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he tears him, and he foams and gnashes at, with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. Verse 19. He answereth him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said of a child, and oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead Insomuch that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose.
1: Hey, thank you. Now let's go back to verse 22. Um, in Matthew, uh, excuse me, Mark chapter 9, verse 22. It says, Oftentimes the Spirit cast him into the fire, into the waters, and destroyed him. But if thou... Listen to this. But if thou couldst, canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, If Thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believe now, what I want you to see in this is the way we read it all these years, the way we have read it because uh, you know we, we, we think, well you know this scripture is referring to everybody that believes all things are possible. am I right? Is that how we've been looking at it? But I want you to open your mind and let's look at it another way, because one of the things which is In the New American Standard Bible, Jesus said this. Jesus said in this translation, if you can, question mark. So what he was saying was, if you can, the the father was asking Jesus. Listen to this. The father here was asking Jesus. Jesus, if you can, question mark. Jesus' response was, if you can, can you see it? All things are possible to him who believes. Who's him? Jesus was referring to himself. All things are possible to him. See, with us, our faith wavers. Our faith wavers. Sunday, your faith is up. Tuesday, your faith is down. So we're going to have Wednesday service. But see, Jesus was saying, what do you mean, if I can? I'm the one... But as from the Christian view, Jesus would say in our Christian church, he would say, I'm the author and the finisher of whatever faith. You see that? Because Jesus is the only one and the only man that believes all the time. His faith is always strong. His faith is always ready. Can you see that? But our faith, uh, sometimes it needs some work. But so here, I want you to understand this. Jesus says, if you, let, let, let me go to another, um, let me go to, uh, well, well, let me finish this part here. So if you read it in Greek, the actual Greek, what it will say is, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. So Jesus was referring to himself. Alright. You got it with me? The one that believes all the time. And the one that believes is Jesus. And the only reason why you and I are here today. Is because of the faith of Jesus. If it was on your faith. We, you, we wouldn't be here. Okay. So during the, 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 the new birth. We were given the very love of Jesus. am I right? You have the love of Jesus? You have the spirit of Jesus? That's, that's easy. But somehow we struggle with we have also the faith of Jesus. You have the faith of Jesus right now. The faith that calmed the storm is right in you. The faith that raised the dead is right in you. Oh man. The faith that walked on water, is right in you. See, somebody's been lying to you and saying to you that you don't have this authority and power. Wow. Somebody dis- somebody's been telling you to disqualify you as a believer. Amen. So here, we got to see this. Let's, let's keep going here. And then in the Amplified, it says, Jesus said, you say to me, this is the Amplified, you say to me, if you can do anything, why? All things are possible to him who believes. And so I want you to understand something. So here Jesus was referring to himself. He is the one that believes all the time. So this man was asking Jesus if you can do anything. Obviously the man wasn't believing. Am I right? Obviously the man wasn't believing. The father was not in belief. So he had to... If there's, if there's unbelief, there's questions. Yeah? So the man was asking a question to Jesus, if you can do this, if you can't. Then Jesus goes, if I can, who do you think you're talking to? Right? If, what do you mean, if I can? All things are possible to me who believes, is what Jesus was saying. Wow. See, in our faith circle, this is one thing I want you to understand, is that we're so focused only on faith that we miss what faith works by. Where is that, oh, I don't have enough faith. I don't have enough, I hear that all the time. I don't have enough faith to do this. I don't have enough faith to move on. I don't have enough faith. Well, what are you focusing on? Because faith worketh, worketh, not you, faith worketh. Faith worketh by, come on faith people, faith worketh by love. So when you focus on the love, which is who? Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. God so loved me that he gave me Jesus. That means when he gave me Jesus, he gave me every 100% of Jesus to me. I am the righteousness of God. So, therefore, by being the righteousness of God makes me one with Jesus, one with the Father. And I have everything, listen here, righteousness means you're standing before the Lord just the same way Jesus is. You're standing before the Lord just the same exact way. Uh, I I wish I had more time with you. We could cover the the faith of Jesus. The quality and the quantity of the, let me say it again. The quality and the quantity of the faith of Jesus has been given to every one of us. Amen. You're never faithless. You're never at the point of saying, well, I don't, I don't have the faith to do that. Yes, you do. See, the only way believers that have a that they have a hard time walking in faith is when their minds are blinded. Paul talks about the minds of people, the believers' minds, blinded. The blinders go down. And so when the blinders go down, whatever they've been listening is more stronger than even the truth to them. To them. But once the blinders are removed, we can see clear again. And so, let's continue here. I've got uh, way a lot to cover here. What I'm getting into is to where this, this child had some issues in his life. The Bible says he was dumb. Not, not, not dumb like, duh. <laughs> he couldn't hear and he couldn't speak, the Bible says. <laughs> so here... <laughs> Even the disciples prayed for him. It didn't work. So Jesus was saying, you know, obviously the disciples were believers too, but you know what? Something was blinding their minds. And I can see what they were thinking. They were, oh, this is big. This is a big problem. Whew, we can we can do little little issues. We can take care of the sick. We can take care of the the, the, the disease, we're going to take care of the, you know, if devil here and there. We can take care of those. But this one here, this one was like that for a long time. You see, the problem became so big that they were blinded. It wasn't a faith issue. It was a seeing, right, seeing issue. Faith, by faith, seeing. Now, Jesus went and took care of the problem. Now, turn with me to Acts chapter 3. What I want you to focus on is the faith of Jesus. I want you to, when you leave here, I don't want you to depend on your faith. I want you to depend on Jesus' faith, Amen. especially in the times that we're in when we hear bad news. You just take a deep breath. I'm glad I have the faith of Jesus. Yes. Amen. He knows where I'm at. He knows where I'm going to walk. He knows who I'm going to get in contact with. He knows already, oh, I thank you that I can relax in your faith. See, when you rely on your faith, that's when fear comes. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can walk underwater. I don't know if I can. See, that, that, that's relying on your own faith. But when you rely on the faith of Jesus, you just say, I'm going to live my life and I'm going to enjoy it. Of course, I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit. Of course I'm going to be led by the Spirit. I'm not going to put myself in a position. You know, that's the thing that we have to understand is, yeah, there's times where we walk by faith, but there's times where we should always listen to the Holy Spirit. We should always acknowledge Him and and know Him because there's times He may say, don't go to that store. Don't go to that gas station. We can't be ignorant of the Holy Spirit and say, well, you know, I'm covered by the blood and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do whatever I want. Even Jesus was led by the Spirit. Do you remember in, in when he was tempted of the devil? You know what the devil quoted him? Psalms 91. In Luke chapter 4, you'll find that. The devil quoted him Psalms 91. Did Jesus fall for it? Was Psalms 91 the truth? Yeah. But Jesus says, hey, I am not going to, just because you quoted Psalms 91, doesn't mean I'm going to obey it. And I'm going to do what you tell me to do. What is the devil doing? The devil was tempting the Lord. If if this is really true, jump off. If this is really true, God's word is really true. Turn this stone into bread. What does the stone represent? The stone represents the Ten Commandments. Or the bread, the bread of life. All of it was true. But Jesus says, no, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to be led by the Spirit. Was the devil speaking the truth? Yes, that Jesus was in the process of making that stone into bread. But Jesus says, Nope. And then he took him up in the high place and says, jump off. You have angels that look over you. Why don't you just jump off? And Jesus says, nope. I'm not going to tempt the Lord. What was he doing? He was going by what is said by the Holy Spirit. Because one of the things Jesus says, it is said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Amen. Amen. And so that's, as, as believers, we, we, we don't need to test and get in a place, put ourselves in a position where we get in trouble. Because you listen to the inward witness. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't feel like, I mean, there's times I go in the store and say, I, I don't need to be here. It's not out of fear. It's just listening to him. Well, even before COVID, we traveled this nation. And there's times where I just pull off the road and say, Callie, uh, I, I don't feel right about going any further down this road. You know, we waited just for a moment until we until we had either, we could go again, you know, so the Holy Spirit tells us to go again, or we just sit there and or take another route. but, Either way, there was always protection. One time we were coming from, we were in Wyoming. Yeah. We went from Montana to Wyoming. <clears throat> and we were, I don't know, we were traveling like 75, 85, 80 miles an hour. And, you know, towards the end, you know, we travel probably a couple, at least three, 300 miles that day, 400 miles that day. And, you know, I'm, I'm driving. If Everything feels fine. Going down the freeway, everything feels good. Until the last hundred miles, I kind of, every once in a while, I will feel a shake. I thought, like, that's not right. I thought it was the road, you know. So we got to the, to the hotel. We actually just pulled into the parking lot. Yeah. We, put it, we put it in drive. And the front tire just fell off like that. Yeah. Right when we parked. Right and, and, we're, and we're like, praise God for the angels. You know, and, and the thing is that they're there for you. They're here today. They're ready to go to work for you today. Amen. L- listen to this in Acts chapter 3. This is the story of the lame man getting healed. But listen to verse 16. His name, they asked, how did this man get healed? Of course, faith, faith in the name of Jesus. But listen to what he says here. This, his name through faith in his name had made this man strong. Whom you see and know. Listen to this part. You, the faith which is by him hath hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. The Amplified says this. Look at this in the Amplified. The Amplified says this. In In his name, through and by faith in the name. Yes, we have faith in the name. His has made this man whom you see and recognize well and strong. Yes, listen to this part the faith which is through and by Jesus has given this man the perfect soundness of body before all of you. So, what, what, what made this man whole? What made this man whole? Faith in the name. Yes. But listen to this. It was by the faith which is through and by Jesus. He didn't say, hey, this is our faith that made this man strong. He says it was simply having faith in the name that caused the faith I have is the faith of Jesus that made this man strong. Say, the faith of Jesus. And that's what it says, right? The faith of Jesus made this man strong. So, the disciples, at time of weakness, they would rely on the faith of Jesus. Have you noticed that? At the time of weaknesses, at the time of trial, or whatever they're going through, I noticed that the disciples relied on the faith of Jesus of course, Jesus always wanted. Of course, Jesus always wanted the disciples to walk in in a, in a greater measure of faith. But you know, that, that's all of us. God wants us to walk in a greater measure of faith, but really, we don't. And this is where I want you to understand: is that we can rely on Jesus' faith in times of trouble. In times like this, we can rely on Jesus' faith. We can just say, "I'm, I'm going to rest in the faith of Jesus. I'm going to rest in His faith." And so, this is. Let's go to Galatians chapter two, verse twenty. Galatians two twenty. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh here on earth, I live by the faith of who? The Son of God, which is Jesus. Not in the faith. We already have faith in Him. That's not what He's talking about. He's saying, of. I live by the faith of. That means it's not yours of the faith of the son of god I live by the faith of the son of god who li- who loves me and gave himself for me I do not frustrate the grace of god for the, right, the righteousness by law, then Christ Jesus is, has died in vain. So there again, it shows you here, we live by the faith of God. We live by the faith of Jesus. Another famous uh, scripture uh, is in, in Mark chapter 11, right? It says, have the faith of God. But the, the Greek, the right translation is, have the faith of God. Have the faith of God. So God all. From the beginning, God wanted us to have his faith and operate in his faith. So I want you to realize something. We have the faith of God. You have Faith is not the problem. If things are not being answered, faith is not the problem. Okay? What is the problem? Our perspective. Are we hearing right? Are we seeing right? Let's go on here. Uh, I just mentioned this, Mark eleven twenty-two. Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. But in the actual Greek, you'll find out that it doesn't say have faith in God. It's have the faith of God. So we want to have the faith of God. Um, let me go through here some of these. One of the things that Jesus said in that great commission was also was, ask anything in my name. Remember that? Ask anything in my name and who will do it? Your part is just to ask. The word ask it doesn't just mean prayer. It means to demand or command. So the disciples ask, in the name of Jesus, sickness, depart. In the name. See, we're so used to prayer lines. We only think that God can work in prayer lines. That's how we're programmed. Um, Not that I know of, because I'm not really a doctor, doctor. like that Calvin? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) so I I never really saw a prayer line in the Bible I haven't seen it see we came up with a prayer line but see there was something different they were taught their perspective wasn't prayer line that God can only move in prayer line well they didn't lay hands on me majority of the time Jesus didn't lay hands on people you know how many thousands of people were there he didn't lay hands on all of them Many times he spoke over the crowd, and people were healed. See, we get offended when pastors don't perform the way we think they should perform. And we think, well, you know, he just, <clears throat> I, I called him, and then he just said, you're healed, and then he hung up the phone. Oh, so we would be mad, we would, we would take our whole family out of church. But many times, Jesus did that. Jesus said to, the, to this man, hey, you're know, you, you you're only here to, to see miracles, right? The man goes, no, I, you know, I believe. And he goes, well, go your way. In other words, go home. Your son lives. You're not going to pray for me. I'm not going to fall over. Jesus, you know. He didn't get offended. He just said, whatever you say, Jesus. The power is where... The Bible says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for what? It is the power of God. So there's power. Yeah, prayer is good. But listen, 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 listen. Prayer is good, but the power is not in prayer. We can pray all day. But the power is in the gospel. Until you hear the gospel, then power will be activated. So that's why it's important that we pray according to the gospel. So prayer is great. I'm not knocking prayer down. We should pray. We should pray in faith. But the power, like the Bible says, is in the gospel. The gospel carries the power. Inside that gospel, inside the word, is that power that every one of us is looking for. But see, we don't want to just hear the gospel. We don't want to just hear your heel. You don't, we don't want to hear that. We want performance. We want all of this hype. We want that. I mean that's all we should need. Hey, Pastor said I'm healed. Okay, let's go. But we want this we, we see we put these ministers and everybody on this pedestal that man, they walk in great power. They walk in great Hey, we're just like you. And the only difference is probably we spend a whole lot more time in the Word. Just think—if everybody spent the same amount of time in the Word as the pastor—and that's, I think, that's where we're missing it. We're 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 looking to pastor. Well, they didn't get healed, so it was pastor's fault. Well, this didn't happen; it's pastor's fault. Well, that didn't happen; it's what they teach. It's what they preach. Hey, how about maybe it's me? Maybe the blinders are down. I can't see. You know, that, and that's the part that I want you to understand is faith is not the issue. Faith is not the, 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 the problem. Let's go to Romans twelve three. 3. Are you going to set up out there? Did you already set up? Oh, wow. I don't know how you did that. Uh, We all know this. God has dealt to every man. The measure of faith. And then verse three. For I say. Though. The grace given unto me. To every man. That is among you. Not to think of himself more highly. Than he ought to think. But to be sober. According. As God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. Or you could say, the measure of faith. So, God has given to every one of us faith. Now I've got another good verse for you. Let's go to Second um, Peter. 2 Peter 2, no, 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 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, the servant and apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained, listen to this word, obtained light precious faith with us through the righteousness of God, In our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, when you look at that word, light, precious faith, in Greek, I know this sounds like school, but it means, it has the same meaning of equal value and honor. Of equal value and honor. So in other words, you have this light, Precious faith that Jesus had, the same equal value. Okay, the same equal value. And so this is the what I want you to understand: we have the, the same light, precious faith, the same quantity, the same value as Jesus. Think about that. So when you realize, hey, I have the faith of Jesus, you know what? I'm going to rely on this all the time. Because if you don't realize you have the faith of Jesus, it's like, man, i got to conjure up some faith. i got to, I got to do something here to get faith moving. Let's sing one more song. Okay, it goes back to just your faith hooking up with his faith and saying I thank you, Lord. I don't know what to do about this situation, but father, you do. You have already been here and I'm going to rely on your faith, father. Oh, I thank you, father, that you didn't leave me nor forsake me, that you are with me every single day. Oh, I thank you, father, that you have already taken care of this. I don't know. I have a lot of questions, but that doesn't matter because I'm going to rely on your faith right now. I don't understand a lot of things, why it happened, why things are not working the way they should be. But Lord, thank you that you have ordered my steps. That's what I believe. That you have already knew. You already knew ahead of time. And so when we begin to get a revelation of that and walk in that every day, I think we can come to a place to where we get so dependent on Jesus we forget about ourselves see god wants you to take advantage of his love he loves you so much he wants you to take advantage of that he wants you to 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 possess that every day and when you begin to just focus listen to this very important when you begin to just focus the love that he has for you the love that he has for you not don't focus on the love you have for him because if you just focus on the love that you have for him you're going to fail every time because it's the, for him you, we can't really i mean there's what can we really do for him he has done everything I mean, that's that's part of the grace is, you know, I know a lot of people think, well, I did this for the Lord. You know what? You walked in his grace. It was with his ability, with his faith, with his money, with everything. It was all about him. It had nothing to do with you. And so when you begin to focus on the love he has for you, Lord, you love me so much. That you send your son, Jesus. And I know you send your son, Jesus, to this earth that I may be saved. I believe it with my heart. I possess it, Father. I believe it with all my heart. And, Father, I know that if I am saved, then all is well. You know, there's some things that I, I was facing not too long ago. And I had to go take a walk. And I had to just go back to John 3, 16. And 17, and I begin to just say, Lord, I thank you. I believe that your son, Jesus. I thank you, Father. I thank you that you are you, you are still God. You are still my Lord. And Lord, you have already saved me. And I look up that word save. It means to be healed, protected, preserved, blessed, do well. And you walk in the favor of God. The goodness of God. And all I did was just focus on that little, that little word all day. I am, I am saved. 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 And the more I began to meditate and mutter that all day long. Lord, I believe what John 3.16 says. I take it. I, am, I believe it. I have it. It's in me. I'm a possessor of it. I thank you. I am safe. I am safe. You know, it didn't even take 48 hours until that situation turned. See, the enemy comes to your mind and he wants to blind your mind. And he does that to all of us, even us believers. He blinds our mind to where we can, we can say, "Well, I don't know if I can do that," you know. And, and that's the part we you, you have to, every day, going back to, is to where uh, just because God promised you something doesn't mean it's going to automatically come to pass. It's not. The children of Israel were in the desert, wandering in the desert for 40 years. God promised them that land. But it didn't just come and just automatically fall in their hands. I understand they did some things and so forth. But God had to raise up another generation. Joshua was called. Moses had just died and God called Joshua and says, Joshua, I have promised this land to the people. You're the next generation coming up. I don't need you to, I need you to do these three things. You'll find that in Joshua, Joshua chapter one, verse eight. You will find this out. Three things God told Joshua to do to possess the land. Number one, put the word of God in your mouth. Joshua, I need you to speak this word. Don't let it depart from your mouth, meaning don't forget it. Continue to speak the word of God. Number number two is to meditate. Meditate on this word that you're speaking. Meditate on the word. Number three, act on the word. The action will come automatically. Because some people say, well, i got to act on the word. i got to act. No, that's you performing. The acting will come automatically. The faith will come automatically because you don't need to conjure faith. It's there. It just, it comes automatically. The action part is faith part that he's saying. Faith will come automatically. Faith is an action word. I mean, that's just so the three things. Number one, get the word in your mouth. Don't just speak. Don't just speak the word of God. Get get it in your mouth and then begin to meditate on it. Begin to see yourself in the word. Begin to see yourself walking in this thing and saying, Lord, I thank you that your word is true. I thank you. I see myself walking in, in this word. I see myself operating in this word. Lord, I thank you. Amen. And so when you begin to do that, your, your mind, what do you mean meditate? You ponder the word of God. You can get, take any verse from here and you begin to ponder all day. Long. As you're going to work, you're pondering on it. You're speaking it. You're speaking it. You're, you're meditating. You begin to say, this is mine. See, you got to, this is how you become a possessor of the word to where even though God promised him the land, he had to take the time. The Bible says day and night. Meditate day and night, not only for morning devotions. Morning devotions are great, but you need to do more than that. And you need to ponder this day and night. God told Joshua, day and night. Speak the word, ponder it day and night, and the action will come. You know, if I, we're, we're all moved by words. Every day we live by faith that we don't realize. And someone calls you up and say, "Hey, I got you know, I got $1000 for you if you can come to R- Laredo." For 2 o'clock service. See, earlier Callie asked, nobody was going. Now there's $1000. Hey, Laredo is looking good. And the more you ponder it, you, you, because you, it's going to affect your will, right? You're like, oh, yeah. 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 Okay. So you're thinking about it. I see myself driving. It. Or if you don't have a vehicle, you're going to find a way. Okay. Let's just, I mean, like, like you know, for, for our Navajo people to do it that way. I don't know if you guys are that way, but they like free stuff. I don't care what it is. It's free. We're going to go. We're going to get it. We're going to get it for the whole family. Or they get it to resell at the flea market. (laughs) But see, there's a will that God wants. You hear the word, you make a decision. Do I believe that or not? Once you believe it and make a decision, I believe this entire, the entire book, then your will will line up with it. And once your will lines up with it, l- listen, God wants us to live. God wants us to be strong in health. Matter of fact, the, the Bible says that just shall live by faith, Right? the just shall live by faith or really what it is is really the righteous shall live is what the true meaning of that is the righteous shall live the righteous they shall live yeah see when we say when we say the just shall live or the righteous shall live by faith, we think, well, you know, Pastor Box, he lives by faith. He believes he money. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's not what the scripture is talking about. The scripture says the just, the, the, the true translation says the just or the righteous shall live. Well, what if they get the, the righteous shall live? Say, I am the righteous. And I shall live. I shall live. If the, you are the righteous, then you will live. The more you meditate on that, you're oh. Lord, you already have my numbers. The days I want to be on this earth. You have already numbered my days. You have already been here. You have already been with me. You have already... Lord, I thank you that I well live. See, the more you focus on the love He has for you, it changes things. When you, because you've got to receive that love of God first before you can give that out. Receive, learn to receive His love. Learn to take advantage of His love, His grace, His mercy. Take advantage of His His goodness. Take advantage of that. God, You're so good to me. I thank You. I mean, the other day I, I was just I was walking along, and I just, all of a sudden, this thing came over me. And I was like, Lord, I, didn't, I just cried. I let, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for favoring me. Thank you, Father. And it was everything that I have, everything that I do is because of him and that's a that's a part that i want you to get a hold of that to be, you become a possessor of that because when think when you when when things when things happen in life you have that strength there you have that ability there you know my grandmother you know she went home to be with the lord and we were so close you know and She was probably my number one fan and partner. And, you know, she was always, wherever I'm at, she always called me, Where are you at? Are you preaching? And if I'm not preaching, I said, Oh, I'm at home. You know, she goes, Well, get preaching, you know. (laughs) You were born to preach. Now get out there and preach. And she went home. And when she went home, it hit me hard. The grief tried to come in. But I had to just go back to Lord, I'm going to have to trust you. And I know she's, she's lived over 100 years old. I know that. But it's just the things we've got to deal with. And uh, questions. It, it, it happens to all of us. My, my son passed on at a young age. You know, he was in a car accident. Questions came. Questions upon questions. Lord, da-da, da-da, da-da. I prayed and I did this and I pleaded the blood over him all the day. And a lot of it probably won't be answered here on earth. Things happen in life. We, We live here on earth and our spirit, our spirit men's redeem, our spirit man's the righteousness of God, but our physical body, they're not redeemed yet. But there is a day coming, our bodies will be completely redeemed to when Jesus comes, then we all become thirty years old again. We we'll all be looking good. But until then, we still gotta deal with earth things of the world come and go don't condemn yourself if something happens don't don't go into condemnation i love you guys with all my heart and i thank you for years 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 of partnership and i i mean we've been busy i mean i, I i've been last three weeks, I've been, we've been working hard. We, we got, during the COVID thing, though, lockdown. Navajo Nation has uh, been locked down for over a year, almost close to a year and a half. And so it was hard to open back up. I mean, they're still working on opening it back up, but now they're talking about closing it down again. And it's really hard to live in a nation and here, here in America, it's different. I say America because we have our own it's a nation within a nation. Navajo Nation, we have to, you know, God, I know they're watching me right now because they're watching. Is Elson been among crowds? Is Elson, you know, what's he doing out there? Because as soon as I get back to the reservation, they probably put me in quarantine. And they're going to watch my house. They're going to watch everything I do. Because a lot of the... People are not for the healing of the nation's gathering. It, it, the, our judicial system. If you want to know what socialism is, go to a reservation. It's not like America. We don't, we're not free like you guys. If you study our tribal laws, that's why there's no prosperity in the reservations. People are not allowed to prosper. And when they see someone prospering, they'll do whatever it takes to bring him back down. And they have tried and continue to shut the mouth of the church this whole year. We have two churches on the reservation. They got both broken into. One was almost burnt, burnt down. And uh, both of them are right now in renovation. And... and um, and so, we've been working on that for the last few weeks. But this is the thing I want you to understand. Wherever God has planted you, He will look after you. Amen. I mean, we, we made it through a whole year and a half of lockdown. A couple of times we had to sneak out, but we <laughs> made it through. And... You know, I understand where I'm coming from, because, you know, if I don't shake your hand or if I don't hug you, you know, it's because of all the things I got to go back to. Do you understand? Yeah. <laughs> because I, um, there's a lot of things. I don't know if I should say, it, but there's a lot of things I stand for. And it seems like I'm the only one in that nation. People are losing their livelihood and their jobs because of this stupid thing that's going on. And they're making different mandatory things. And I don't think that's right. I believe in safety. I believe that we should all be safe and respect one another wherever level that we are. I don't think people should be forced to go out there if they're in fear. But there's also rights. You know, and so. There's laws. That do not favor the church. And that's what. Where well, I've been working on for the last couple of years, three years, four years now, changing some of those laws. And I want you to pray with us to continue to stand. It's easy to move from the reservation. It's easy. All right, Let's go move somewhere else. Let's go to move to Hepburnville. So let's go move to Bruni. <laughs> Sometimes Bruni does look good. <laughs> I passed through Bruni this morning. There's a dog walking across. Him. It looks like a back on the res, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was you guys' dog. <laughs> but, you know, it... it we all go through this. This, this. this is a tough time that we're in. But this is a church that we've been... It's time to gather. And it's time to stand up. And time to begin to stand up for what is right. According to the Bible. The freedom of America came from the Bible. It was given by God. And America will continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what... This whole thing is about is stopping the gospel. It's not politic issues. It's the gospel. Because that's the first thing they'll, they'll, they tried to stop was the preaching of the word. They attacked the church. You guys are gathering. You guys are gathering. All right? So, I love you guys. Let me pray for you before I leave. Father, in the name of Jesus, wherever you may need, okay? Whatever you may need, I want to pray for healing in your body. I want to pray for wisdom. Matter of fact, let me praise the Lord. I take all of our partners seriously. Everyone that prays for us, everyone that has ever given to our ministry, thank you. There's two psalms I want to pray over you today. The Lord never wants you to be in want. He always wants you to have. The Lord wants you to have what you want. So therefore, I want to pray these two psalms over you. Father, I pray... Right now, over the congregation, heal. If they need healing in their body, if they need financial breakthroughs, if they need families restored, relationship restored, and healed, if they need directions, if they need instruction, if they need some wisdom, Father, you will give it to them. <clears throat> so, Father, I pray and I put them in my prayers today. That Lord, all to all of us, you are a shepherd. We will never be in want. You make us lie down in green pastures, and you always lead us besides peaceful still waters. You always restore our minds, our will, and our emotions. And you lead us in the path of righteousness for your name's sake, not ours. Yea, though we walk through this earth the valley of the shadow of death we will fear no evil for you are with us your rod which is your word and your staff which is your spirit they comfort us and you have already prepared a communion table before us in the presence of our enemy and you anoint our heads with oil that we walk in plenty our cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall be with us all the days of our life. And we will always dwell as the house of the Lord forevermore. We dwell in the secret place of the Most High. All of us here, we dwell in the secret place of the Most High. And we shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And we will say, we will say of the Lord, You are our refuge. You are our fortress, our God, our Abba Father. In you do we trust. Surely you, Father, shall deliver us from any trap, any snare of the fowler, and from any noisome pestilence. And you shall cover us with your feathers, and under your wings shall we trust. Your truth and your faithfulness, is our shield and buckler. And we shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. We will not be afraid for the pestilent that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at our side, but ten thousand at our right hand, but it shall not come near us. Only with our eyes shall we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because we have made the Lord, my Abba Father, our refuge, even the Most High, our habitation. There shall no evil befall us, neither shall any plague come near our dwelling. For He already has given His angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. And they shall continue to bear us up in their hands, lest we dash our foot against a stone. And we shall tread upon the lion and the otter, and the young lion and the dragon shall we trample under feet. Because we have set our love upon him, therefore he will deliver us, and he has already set us on high with Christ Jesus. Because we have known his name. And we shall call upon him, and he will answer us. He will be with us in trouble and he will deliver us and honor us with a very, very, very long life while he satisfy us. And he will continue to show us his salvation, which is Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I take authority over any spirit of strife and division. I take authority over any spirit of confusion in this place in the name of the lord jesus christ any blinders that's blinding the mind of the believers in the name of jesus be removed i command strife in the works of strife in division to be removed in the name of the lord i pray for peace and understanding to come In the name of Jesus, if there be any type of sickness and disease in this place, in Jesus' name, I command you to die right now in Jesus' mighty name. You have no right and no authority. If there be any assignment that's designed by the devil himself to destroy people's lives and family, In Jesus' name, I take authority over those plans and strategies. And I command them to stop right now. And I pray peace in the church, peace in the house, peace in the family, in Jesus' name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray over the congregation right now. I pray that you receive a fresh anointing from heaven right now. To be refilled with the Spirit of God. To go forth with your strength renewed. Amen. Oh, with your mind clear. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I take authority over the spirit of fear in Jesus' name. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. You have no right in this place. You have no right in this church. You have no right in this city in Jesus' name. And anybody that preaches fear, their mouth will be shut in Jesus' name. From this day forth, out of this place shall come faith. The way of life. Faith in the word. Faith in the blood. Faith in the name. Faith. In the word of God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, all type of sickness and disease be healed. All type of sickness and disease be healed now. I command it to go from you, from this place, far from this place, every sickness, every disease, far from this place in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you forevermore. We thank you forevermore, Father. In Jesus' name, we thank you for peace. We, pay, we praise you, Father. We praise you, Father. We thank you. We thank you, Father God, that you promise us healing. You promise us deliverance. You promise us a long life. We, you promise us preservation. You promise us your blessing Thank you, Father. We receive it all right now, Father. We receive the blessing of the Lord, Father. We receive the protection of the Lord, Father. I thank you, Father, for your angels. We've put them... to work this week, Father God. That as we, wherever we our kids go, wherever we go, Father God, that you the angels are there to protect them. We make much of the blood. We apply the blood of Jesus over our vehicles, over our homes, over over every place everything that matters to us. All of our kids, we apply the blood, Father, that no sickness, no virus can come near their dwelling, Father God. I thank you, Father God, that you keep us safe. Oh, I thank you that we are in peace all the time. We're not trying to get peace. We are in peace, Father. I thank you, Father, for your great peace that you have left with us. And Father God, we walk in it every day. We thank you for the hedge of protection. There's actual a bubble of protection around us wherever we go. A bubble to to bring us peace and comfort all the time. No matter what is going on in the world, we continue to stand and trust you, Father. And we dwell in the secret place of the Most High every single day. Father, I thank you for already placing us there. I thank you, Father God, for healing us from every sickness and disease. Thank you for healing us. thank you, Lord. you have already been here, you have already healed us. you have already done it we 're not trying to be healed Father, we are Thank you, Father. thank you in Jesus name. I pray that you will bless you will be blessed all the days of your life and you will fulfill your days here on earth. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Get something out of all that. That's yeah. good, good, good stuff. Thank you, Allison, for sharing that, you know, you answered some I needed to hear some of that. You know, really, if you think about, if you grow on the love of God, it's like a parent, if you're a parent or a grandparent. You know, think about all the things that you do for your kids, even when they don't deserve it. Say amen. Right? You're still there. You're still. And, you know, if you, if you can just grab on that, and we've talked a lot about it here in the church last few months. We did a whole series, also, you'd probably appreciate that, on the, just on the Holy Spirit. We spent six weeks trying to learn who the Holy Spirit is, but really it is, it is becomes easy, just, you know, he loves you. Look at somebody and say, I'm loved by God. Come on, just do it. I'm loved by God. You know, you're loved. And just as a parent loves a child, even when the child doesn't behave completely right, there's favor. And I think that's one of the, the key ingredients that's missing in our, I mean, I think we have to really work it a lot in, in, the, in the arena of teaching faith, because you're so right, Elson. I mean, you and I need to talk about some of this stuff like conversations like you and I have all the time, but we focus so much on like, one idea of faith that is almost tedious, right? It's like, do I have enough faith? Am I confessing enough? And we get hung up so much on the mechanics that you forget that without love, none of it works. Amen? But it's not just God loves you, and I think this is a hard one. Now, you see, I'm preaching now. You have to preach all over this pulpit now. It's how you love people. Because you can have this ginormous revelation of how much God loves you but then does it translate into everyday interactions? Not with people that you like, because Jesus said there's really no merit with people that you like, right, Lado? Love the people that you love. He says where the real merit is, where you let that love of God go through to the people you don't love and that you don't like and that are difficult and, you know, and all that. So think about that. Think about that because, I mean, I'm serious. God has just never ceases to amaze me, you know, the, the things that he does and a lot of things that Elson talked about. You've heard me share. You've been similar. Listening to Holy Spirit. I shared a story not too long ago, Elson, about going down a road and going about a quarter mile and the Lord telling me, nope, turn right back around. Go the long way home, you know. And those little things are because he loves you. Amen? Give the Lord another hand clap. I'm telling you, it's, it's so good. So good. Well, if you completely have nothing else to do, or you want some more, we'll wait, you know, we're, we got a beeline out of here in a few minutes, but I don't, I want to share something that's been on my heart right from the beginning of the service. Open your Bibles to Malachi chapter 3. I'll try to do this in five minutes, I promise you. I'm not going to preach, but there's a truth here I want to share with you, and I think it's going to help you, uh, you know, grab a hold. So first of all, right off the bat, Malachi is written in the Old Testament covenant. So, it is a law-based covenant. It's a work-based covenant. So we have to make sure that when we read Malachi, because some pastors don't clarify this, and they put a lot of condemnation on people, we are approaching the truths in Malachi chapter 3 from a grace perspective. Now, make sure you understand that, because what I want to read is complete Levitical law, and, and, and I've heard preachers say, well, there it is, you know, you're supposed to do this, and I'm like, yeah, but, but when you go into grace, it's not a have to, it's I get to. Remember that. You don't have to do anything in grace. You can, this is not cussing. You go to hell if you want to. God still loves you, and he'll watch you all the way to the, to the doors of perdition, if you put it that way. He never stops loving you. But in the grace, we have to just accept what has already been given. Are you still here? And I think sometimes, every time we try to work for something... We, we gravitate into the law arena. I need to do more. I need to go to church. I need to pray. I need to tithe. I need to die. I need, I need, I need. Anytime you say I, you are gravitating into an area of law. Are you still here? When you understand that grace is something that you possess, not that you have to do anything for it, you just got to go get it. Amen? And I think Christians, you know, sometimes we, we're kind of in that gray area. So with all that, let's read Malachi because this is so powerful. And I actually brought up on my phone a different translation. Verse 6, chapter 3, verse 6. And I want to open this one because this is going to just bless you and help you in, in so many ways, I, I believe. So let me get up the other translation. So King James says, I am the Lord, I change not. I change not. Now listen to the amplified of that one because it's really, really good. It says, for I, I am the Lord, I do not change, but remain faithful to my covenant. So, so it's not, God's not saying, I don't change. He says, I don't change my covenant. Old Testament, New Testament, covenant didn't change. Levitical law was added because of men wanted it. I mean, they didn't want it, but they brought it in. That wasn't part of the plan. It was the Abrahamic covenant, which is the same as the Jesus covenant. Are you still with me? So he, he never changed his covenant. Now, with that in mind, then he goes on to say, now, I'll just read up King James here, got up here. I uh, just want to pr- pull that out of the Amplified because it's important. I change not my covenant with you, and then it goes on verse 7 even from the days of your fathers you you have gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them return unto me and i will return unto you says the lord of hosts but you said wherein shall we return so god is having this conversation to a people let me let me give you the premise of malachi malachi is of course the last book of the old the bible you know the old testament but the but the church if you want to call it the church that god's people have become apathetic yeah they're going to church they're doing the sacrifices they're they're doing everything that you know like we do you know they're 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 doing the ceremony they're bringing their offerings but they're not bringing the best offerings they're not following things from a covenant perspective they're doing everything from a legalistic perspective that's why if you read the whole book obviously i'm not going to do that today the conversation starts with even the sacrifices look you're bringing sacrifices but you're not bringing the best and it said, and God, really, God is like this, is who am I? I mean, do you think if you brought your president or you think if you brought your king an injured lamb, he would be honored with it? I don't need your offerings. That's what God is saying. That's, that's the, how Malachi starts. He says, you guys aren't doing any favors to me by bringing me trash. That's really how the whole thing starts. You know, this is Kelvin Box Translation 2021, but that's in there. The whole premise of Malachi, the prophet, is prophesying to people say, you guys got to tune this thing in. And I think one of the dangers as Christians, especially, you know, we've been doing this, I mean, ministry level almost 30 years. That's a long time to doing anything. And if you're not careful, you can fall into this little routine, get here on Sunday, your three little songs, you know, everything, make sure we're out of here by 12 so we can go to the other service and do the whole thing all over again. All that is important, but you don't want to miss why we're here. Are you still here with me? Give me a couple more minutes, I'm almost done. So he goes on to say, he brings up, says, return to me, and then he has these questions. So the questions, this is what I want you to understand, the questions completely have to do with the context. So he's not just asking random questions, he is asking questions that will, if answered correctly, should put you back in the place where you have the favor of God, correct? Correct? He's asking questions, says, y'all want to return to me? You have not returned to me. I didn't change my covenant. I didn't change what I'm doing. And and if I didn't change, there's only another person that's changed. It's us, right? And then he says, do you want to come back to me? Do you want to feel close to me? And then he has some questions that, again, they don't necessarily apply to a grace covenant. That's why I'm making the disclaimer. But in the deep, in the heart of the question, there is a truth that you have to answer to yourself. Are you ready? So the first question, he says, will a man rob God? I mean, that's God saying. He says, yet you have robbed me. But then, you know, it says, but you say, how have we robbed you? And then he answers, in tithes and offerings. Now remember, once again, this was required. You were supposed to tithe. You were supposed to present certain offerings because of Levitical law. In the New Testament, you don't have to do anything but you want to do it, because I still believe the tithe, because the tithe started with the Abrahamic covenant. Are you with me? It didn't start with Levitical law. It's been, it was in there. And, and the tithe wasn't something, you know, well, why does God need my money? No, God doesn't need your money. He, if you read chapter 1 and chapter 2, that's the point he's making. He says, I don't need any of it. But if you're going to do it, you do it with honor. You do it with appreciation. You do it with gratitude. But if, you, if you're going to do it, do it with this attitude, Don't just do it because you guys have separated yourself from me because of the attitude that you're bringing into what you call religion. Y'all sit with me? All right. Again, I'm not talking you, you. I'm talking the conversation. But at a personal level, I think we all have to be checking this in. I really do, including myself, a lot. Wherein we have robbed you? Okay, so verse 9, says, You are cursed with a curse. You have robbed me, even this whole nation. Then in verse 10, he tells you how to resolve. He says, well... Let's start with this. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now herewith, say the Lord of hosts. If not, I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground, neither shall your vine cast your fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And I I like here where we get to verse 12, because now he's telling you what the end result is once you understand covenant, once you understand how committed God is to the covenant and how committed are you to the covenant. He says, all nations shall call you blessed for you are a delightsome land, says the Lord. But then he goes on to say once again in 13, your words have been stout against me, says the Lord. And they ask, well, what have we spoken? You have said it is in vain that we serve the Lord. That's pretty harsh words. So, you know, he's, God is having this real down-to-earth conversation with these people through the prophet Malachi. He's saying, guys, we need to, because, you know, if you, like say, if you read chapter 1 and chapter 2, they're doing it. They're going to church, they're presenting the sacrifice, they're doing that. But God is sitting in the background watching and saying, that's not what I want from you. That's not, that's not what this was about. So, so Pastor, you know, what's, what's the point? What are you making? How does that apply to my life? Well, I think if you read it from the bottom and then up, you'll really get the context of it by saying it, Verse 14, you have said, it is vain to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinances and we have walked mourning fully before the Lord of hosts? So, you know, what I, what I pull out of this, and this is really what I want, where I was going. I'm not trying to you know, pump up an offering or anything. That's not my point. But everything we do in the eyes of God, and going back to what Elson preached about that love, that key ingredient, is basically this. You know, because love, let me tell you this. Love has to have how many ways, church? has to have two, right? Right, Joe? I mean... You can love somebody, and some of you have been there, and the person doesn't love you back. How painful is that? Come on. You know, you pour your life into somebody, and, and it doesn't work out, or that person doesn't have the same thing, or you fall in love, and then you fall out of love, or somebody falls out of love with you. Love has to have both dynamics to be love. If not, it's not love. It's something else. One per- you know, you can't have just one person in love in any healthy relationship. Can you say Amen. You can't have one person in love in any healthy relationship. You have to have both people in love for that relationship to be healthy. You agree with that statement? So we already know God loves us. So this whole thing, and this is my take, Elson, a little bit, you know, for where I'm going with this. It's about trust. That's all it is. It's about trust. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? That my covenant is, will never change. I will never leave you nor forsake you. No, not till the end of the earth. Do you trust me enough for a dime on a dollar? I, you guys were amen until I said dime on a dollar. That's really the question. It's all about trust. It says, Do you trust me with a dime on a dollar? Do you trust me on offerings? Do you trust me? Because, you know, your words have been stout against me. Now, the words, they weren't criticizing God But deep down inside of saying, oh, we're just doing this, you know, a little exercise, go to church every Sunday, do this, present it. But the the covenant connection wasn't in there anymore. It had become a ritual. And I think one of the things that I'm trying to make you understand as we close the service this morning is every time you come to church, here's something you ought to consider because Christians are a funny bunch. I mean, look around. They are a funny bunch. You're a strange people. You know, everywhere else out there, We pay hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars to live in the land of the free, right? This is the land of the free, but it costs a lot of money to live in the land of the free. You pay taxes, you pay gasoline. Are you kidding me? We drove to Arizona, man. I should have bought stock before I took off in Exxon or somebody. Boy, the gas prices are up there. Then we drove a diesel truck, three and a half dollars a gallon. I mean, everything's. It costs a lot of money. Your taxes, your you know hotels, whatever meals. But then we come to church and it's like, nothing costs money here. Well, guess what? The electricity's not free. Elson didn't come on a free card. He doesn't charge me. He's my brother. But I'm going to honor the man of God. Can you say amen? And I expect you to honor the man of God this morning. But at the end of the day, when we come to church, we act like, oh, no, this is completely separate from that world. And it's not. God is watching his house. And his house is run, not by the pastor, it's run by all of us. That's, I mean, it is. It's run by all of us. And every one of you, those watching me online, if you got something out of the Word, you're responsible for running this house. And God is watching how we run his house. Is his house forsaken? Are we just going through the motions? Are we giving a little tip to God? Or are we really considering what this is? what is he talking about? Because, yes, God doesn't need your money. Because what? Faithway does. Because without money, there's no church next Sunday. I mean, we can meet in the parking lot. It could be a little warm. We could pull chairs out. You know what I'm going with this? You know, we paid you know, thousands of dollars to keep this thing moving every, every month. And all that, all that money, but it's not so much the mechanics. It's you as a believer, do you see this as God's house? You don't have to answer it. That's up to you. If you see it as God's house, then you see it as my house. Amen? And for the most part, I'm going to speak for everybody. If you have something broken in your house and your neighbor has something broken in his house, most people will fix what's broken in their house first. Oh, don't act all sanctimonious. You guys aren't going to go fix your neighbor's water heater if it's broken and your water heater's broken also. You're going to take care of your water heater first. Say amen. Come on. Go ahead. Get it out. Then if you have some left over and you're feeling compassion and your kids haven't taken all your money from you yet, then you go and maybe help them. At the very least, install their water heater, buy it, I don't know yet. Well, my point is, everyone takes care of their house. Everyone takes care of their body, hopefully, right? You buy your body some clothes every once in a while, and food every once in a while. And So here's my point. This whole conversation that God was having is, are you taking care of my house? That's it. Because this is a place where miracles have happened. Some of you are still married because this house existed. Some of you are still alive. Because this house existed. Are you also with me? Some of you are out of drugs because this house existed. Some of you found hope and faith when you were suicidal because this house existed. Am I losing some of you now? Your kids are back where they need to be because this house existed. Not because Pastor Box existed, because the house of the Lord existed and the Lord made his residence here and you came to the house of the Lord and experienced something that changed your life. That's all I'm saying. It is our obligation to take care of the house of the Lord. It just simply is it. You know, it's not a have to, but it's a responsibility that we take, and that's a whole conversation of Malachi. Like I said, this is not about, you know, do you pump up the offering or give more offering? No, no. This is about having the reality of what's going on in this world. Because if you have noticed right now in the last couple of years, if we've learned something out there, we can't trust anything. They say trust the science. I'm like, where is the science? Huh? I'll trust the science. Where's the science? Because science tells me it's 0.004 chances of getting COVID if you're vaccinated, But they want to put the max on, masks on the vaccinated. Where's the science? So my point of that, I don't want to get on a soapbox. My point of that is you can't trust that. But there's one thing that has been remaining faithful in your life and in my life for over 30 years. It's God's word. Things have come and gone in our life good, bad, everything. God's word has never changed. Anything. And I will ha- never, ever because I started this thing with nothing in my life. I'm talking financially, physically, emotionally, mentally. I was at a zero at every one of them. Actually, in some of them I was in the negative, all right? Not even at z- zero would have been ahead of the game. And in all these things, God's word has been truth. God's word has been faithful. And you cannot outgive God. I challenge you on that, because you know what God is doing? He's putting a challenge on people. He says, "Will the man rob God?" He says, "Come on, test me, test me." And I encourage some of you to pray through this thing. This is not about today's offering or next Sunday. Just pray about this thing, because, like Elson said, you know, our whole life should be, you know, I don't say the word controlled, but influenced completely by the one thing that we know has not changed in 30 years, and it's God's Word. Everything out there is shifting. You know, the news will come up with something up next week. Amen? But this has not changed. So I encourage you this morning, you know, pray about it, meditate about it, because here's where I want the things. The benefits. When you connect at this level to God, the promise is still a covenant promise, and the promise is still a covenant in the New Testament. I will open up the windows of heaven. I don't know about you, but I want to live under there. I want to live under an open heaven. I want to live in verse 11, the only place in the Bible that I have found, and I might be wrong, but I've been reading this book for a long time, the only place in the Bible where it says God will rebuke Satan for you. Everywhere else, you're supposed to rebuke him. But right here, he says, I'll take care of that. And I realize something. As a tither and a giver, there's so many things in our life that we take for granted. For example, things don't break down as often. I'm serious. Little things that will pull money from you, you don't get sick as often. You you know, things, things that cost you money, they begin to eliminate because he's, you know, it's not just about getting more money. It's also about closing the valve of all the money that leaves you. And that is what he means, the devour. Things in your life that Satan just comes and devours, devours, devours. God said, this covenant, I'll take care of him. You take care of worship. You take care of honor. I'll take care of him. Amen. So this morning, we're going to do two things. First of all, you know, if, you, if you're bringing your tithe, you know, make sure you put tithe either on your envelope or on the online giving. And then on the online giving, we do have a drop-down or speaker. Anything you want to bless Pastor Elson and Callie Bennett with, you make sure you click on speaker, and all that money will go to him. But if you're doing envelope giving or check giving, make sure you write speaker. But we do want to honor the man of God. So do the best you can. We want to, you know, as you know, Elson, you guys, we were closed six weeks and it felt like a year. Remember that? They've been closed a year and a half. Like churches, there's no church. Imagine if we we were a year and a half. I don't know if I could still be doing it, to be honest with you. By the end of the six weeks, I was so done with that online thing from my house. I'm like, you know, we're opening the church or we're not having church ever again because church is about this. So Elson and his family, they're still doing what they do. But I want you to sow into the Navajo Nation, sow into his ministry. And it's not just Navajo Nation. As you know, Elson travels.